0: I have a word for the church I've been preaching born to fight and this week I've been talking a lot about hearing the voice of the Lord and uh, just thinking about this and I want to teach us my lesson I want to teach us I'm going to try to teach I may wind up preaching good to see you and I want to teach on hearing how to hear from God and I, I'm going to read from the book of Samuel if you'll go to 1 Samuel chapter 3 I rarely get into the Old Testament I'm such an in Christ guy but the whole Bible is the Word of God. And for me in my life, there has been a process of learning to hear from God. Your life depends on you hearing from God. When you go, go to get married, you better hear from God. Once you get married, that's it. Someone say amen. amen. Till death do you part. First Samuel 3. Hearing from God is so important, and there is a way to hear from God. There's a sure way, and I'm going to get into that, and this may be a series, Jeff. I don't know, but I'm going to teach us, if you will listen to me. The Lord told me, Brad, if they listen to me, they'll listen to you. As long as I'm preaching by the Spirit, I'm preaching the Word, you should listen. Yeah. If you get in the Word and you see something that doesn't fit, go study it and figure it out. I will sit down, and we'll sit down over a cup of tea and talk about it. Amen? But if it's in the Word, it's to be believed. And if the Holy Ghost is talking to you, Pam, would you bring my phone here? Just seeing Edwinna reminded me, something I want to share, that thing that Edwinna handed you. So I'm going to do a little preaching and a little teaching this morning about hearing from God. There is no one in this church this week, they cannot leave here this week, go home, seek the Lord, and hear from God. Praise Nobody. You don't have to be a preacher, a prophet, or a pastor to hear from God. In fact, God raises up preachers and pastors that go through so much just so they can get a bunch of experiences so they can teach you. Amen? So, so God will use someone, bend them and break them and twist them and shake them, and they'll learn how to hear from God. They want to teach you. Everybody in this church should be hearing from God in every area. My wife, the Lord used to tell her, Go in and check this, and you're literally, she told me, well, I can't hear from God good, and yet when the kids were up to something, it wasn't me that the Lord told. he said, go in your kid's room and check under your daughter's pillow, and she would. You'd be shocked the things you find when you check under your daughter's pillow. She said, or I wasn't even looking. I was cleaning, and I had an urge to look in the trash can. I saw something down in the trash can. The Lord was speaking to her, amen. The Lord, can you can be in a relationship, and the Lord can save you 10 years of misery, and he can tell you, get away from that boy, and save you 10 years of misery, or we can go and be like your pastor and learn the hard way, make all those mistakes, fall off the ladder, and hit every rung on the way down, so I can tell you about every rung that I hit and say, well, I learned something there. I'd rather just learn without falling down the ladder. How about you? And You can. You can. We leave here today. If you listen to the word of God, God will teach you how to hear from Him. And you can grow in this thing. It can become so clear, it's almost frightening sometimes. I'm going to read this story, but I'm going to tell you a story. One of my testimonies this week. Is that okay? Because it has to do with this story here. It's just like it. I've heard the audible voice of God that I can remember or think of twice in my life. What do you mean? Most of the time when I hear from the Lord, it's like you, you say, well, the Lord told me. Well, you didn't hear it. You're not hearing anything in your head. All of a sudden in your heart, something comes in your heart, and you know it's from God. Go talk to that woman. Give that guy, give that girl $200. You know, this person needs money. That person, give that person 300 This person needs you to pray for them. Or, you know, tell your wife you're sorry. <laughs> what? You don't have to. You just know in your heart. Amen? Anybody ever been led by God that way? Some of you have, you just ain't told your wife you're sorry yet. (laughs) You got a good chance today. Amen. So God speaks and you don't hear anything. You just have a knowing. That's one way. But there is an audible voice of God, and I believe I've heard it twice. I heard the audible voice of God this week. And the Bible says old men will dream dreams. And I'm getting older. So now it's been happening to me a lot. I mean, a lot lately. I go into limbo and I'll hear the... You know what I mean by limbo? Anybody know what I mean? It's either when I'm falling asleep, I'll hear God say something, or when I'm waking up, I'll be in that middle state, and I'll wake up. Keep shouting. They'll they'll catch up to you later. This week, I came out of the elders' meeting, and I was discouraged. You could have laughed. No, it wasn't by the elders. It was by something was on my mind. It was kind of discouraging me, and I felt a little condemnation as I went to bed, and uh, I got up at 3 in the morning. Anybody ever get up? The Lord kind of stir up and get in the middle of the night, and Well, it's good to pray when you do that. And anyway, I went in and prayed. And I, about 4 o'clock, I was done talking to the Lord. And I was doing some stuff in there, some chores and stuff in there. And I just laid down on the floor. And um, as I laid on the floor, I wasn't asleep. I was drifting off, I'll call it Limba Land. And as I was laying there, I heard three times. The first time, I didn't even know I heard, I heard Mordecai. That call's for you. answer Jesus. <laughs> amen. Thank you, good timing, amen. Amen. <laughs> Jesus is calling, let's do the altar call right now. Which, oh, uh, we, we gotta pray for people today. When I give an altar call, folks it's okay if you slip out quietly, quietly if you have to be somewhere, it's okay. I'm not trying to hold you. Try to hang till 12 if you can. <laughs> First one is on the house, second one's on you. Just, It's okay to slip out if you have to slip out, because sometimes we give altar calls, and who knows what God's going to do. I I think we might need to pray for people today. But I was drifting off, and I was in that in-between place, and I heard Mordecai. Mm -hmm. Then I heard it again. But I did, kind of didn't know I heard it because I was in limbo. Third time I heard it, it woke me up. And I realized I heard the word Mordecai three times. Now, I'm learning before I was dull of hearing, the Lord would speak to me and give me a scripture in the morning. I'd wake up and I'd hear John 15. And, and I, and I would just wouldn't even think about it. I'd, just, I'd hear it clear as a bell. Then I realized one day, oh, the Lord is talking to me. Duh. You know what I mean? I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm a slow learner, but I finally realized, oh, and I would go study that scripture. I'd hear it plain as plain as, as I could. I'd just hear a voice in my heart and I'd go study that scripture. Be, be just That scripture would not leave me. I heard Mordecai and I woke up and I said, Mordecai? Yep. Mordecai. And uh, I thought, well, I know Mordecai in the Bible. I said, I wonder, I wonder if that's Mordecai. And I said, why am I thinking about Mordecai? I hadn't been thinking about Mordecai when I went, when I laid down. I haven't thought about Mordecai in a long time. And so I said, but I said Mordecai. So I wasn't sure if it was Mordecai or what, but I got up and read my Bible. It flipped over to Esther in my Bible. And I read in Esther about Mordecai, and the exact thing that was bothering me was addressed in Mordecai, the exact thing. And the Lord said, you heard me. You did what I wanted you to do. It's good. Don't be under condemnation. You heard me. You did what I wanted you to do. And I said, Yeah, but I called Mordecai. So, anyway, <coughs> late, this, this is what's really funny. Later in the day, I was talking to Pam. I said, Pam, have you, how did you say Mordecai? And she said, Mordecai. I said, Yeah. So, we got our little speaker thing. I looked up on YouTube and she looked up on the phone, Mordecai, right? And she pressed that button that said Mordecai. Guess what it said? It said Mordecai. How many knew you pronounced it Mordecai? Well, see, I'm just a pastor. What do I know? (laughs) Now, what's funny about me is the Lord knew how to pronounce it right. That just tickled me. I said, Lord, you know how to pronounce it right. You've been. Because honestly, if you're talking to me, I know Mordecai. Anybody, Anybody say Mordecai besides me? Mordecai? Me and Larry. Only me and Larry? Are you kidding? <laughs> That's funny. You had good yeah, you had good Sunday school teacher. I would, anyway, praise the Lord. But the Lord spoke to me three times. He, uh, Mordecai, and he, and he getting in that scripture spoke to my heart exactly what I needed to hear. The Lord. Some of you don't believe it because you don't know God's real. You don't know what happened to me Thursday morning when I was praising the Lord. So let's flip over to 1 Samuel 3 and let's read it. We're going to learn how to hear from the Lord. That's, that's on the house, Jeff. And the child Samuel, that's two elders, by the way, guys, just so you know, it's two of your elders. Verse 1, and the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. What does that mean? It was rare. And there was no open vision. Do you think if they had the word of the Lord in the Old Testament and open visions in the Old Testament, we might have them in the New Testament? Who thinks we got the Holy Ghost in the new covenant that fills us? Who thinks we have signs, wonders, and miracles in the new covenant? Who thinks old men will dream dreams and young men will see visions? Huh? Who believes in the gifts of the Holy Ghost? Holy Spirit? Who? Come on. If they had them in the old, we're going to have them ten times as much in the new. I promise you. God wants to speak to you. And it came to pass at that time when Elias lay down in his place, and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. And ere the lamp of the Lord went out in the temple of the Lord where the ark was, and Samuel laid down to sleep. And the Lord called to Samuel as he lay down to sleep, and Samuel answered, Here am I. And he ran unto Eli and said, Here am I, for thou callest me. And he said, No, I didn't call for you. And he lied down again, and, went, and, and he went to lay down. And the Lord called yet a second time, Samuel. And Samuel rose up and went to Eli, and he said, here I am, for you called me. And he answered and said, no, I didn't call you, son, just lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and he did not ne- yet know the Lord, neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. The word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. In this church, I'm prophesying, the word of the Lord is going to be revealed to you. If you are hungry for the word of the Lord, if you are asking and you are seeking and you are knocking, you, everyone in here that's hungry, that's asking, that's knocking and seeking, you will hear the word of the Lord. If you're not hungry, you're not asking, you're not knocking, you're not seeking, oh well. And the Lord called a third time, and he arose and went, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called to the child. Therefore Eli said, Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be, if he shall call you, thou shalt say, Speak, Lord, for thy servant hears. So Samuel went out and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood and called out as other times, Samuel, Samuel, Bobby, we talked about this morning, the Lord knows your name. Does the Lord know your name? Does the Lord know your name? You think he does? Well, then he can call out your name. When God called Paul the apostle, he said twice, Paul, he called him Saul, actually. Saul, Saul, the Lord knew Saul's name. He knows your name. And God is about to call on you, and he's going to start telling you stuff. Some of you, he's going to tell you where to put your money. Don't put it there, put it here. I'm serious. Some of you, he's going to tell you where to go work. Don't work there, work here. Some of you, is going to say, get out of that relationship and get into this relationship. Or don't get into any relationship at all. I'm not talking about you married folks. Amen? <laughs> Come on now. You're not getting out that easy, Pam. God's going to start talking to people. You're going to start hearing from God in your spirit, and you're going to know. that There's a voice from God that's not an outer voice. We want to hear that. He's going to speak in your heart so clear. You're going to be doing something that you shouldn't be wanting to do. I'll try not to look at the teenagers when I'm saying this. And he's going to tell you don't do that. It can save your life. The Holy Ghost can say, put that cell phone down when you're driving, and he can save your life. He can save your life. He said, I hear, Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth shall tingle. So at that point, Samuel began to hear from God. And it began to be clear. And you know the story of Samuel. As Samuel grew and as he walked with God, the voice of God became clearer and clearer and clearer in his life. Just like I said before, the path of the just is like a shining light. It should be getting brighter and brighter. And if it's not, it's because you pulled back. And I won't apologize for saying that. If the path, your path is not getting brighter, it's because you pulled back. Because I have to say either God's not telling me the truth or you are. And the word says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. You're a businessman, God wants to talk to you about your business. You think God cares about your everyday life? Absolutely does. you got a ministry, you want to flow in ministry, God wants to talk to you about your ministry. You know, one thing when God's talking, one of the things sometimes we don't want to hear from God, and I'm just being honest, is because God will tell you to change things in your life that you don't want to change. And and that's what, when they're, they're having that revival down in Asbury, right? You know what they're doing down there? Some of them, we're going to have one here and people are going to be getting healed like Eric did this week when the elders prayed for him. Amen. Come on, brother. Come on. Amen. We're going to have revival here. We're going to have things come here. Uh, God's going to do things here in in a different way. But one of the things that always happen at every revival, almost every revival is people repent. Those things that God's been telling you that you've been kind of ignoring, I read something today by that sometimes people walk in the permissive will of God. In other words, God puts up with it. He puts up with it because he loves you and he's not against you. He's for you. He wants to help you. He puts up with it, but you're not walking in the best. The word says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Some of you are obedient, but you're not willing. Come on, you're not willing. It says, if you are willing and obedient, yeah, I'll try to be good, I'll... God don't want your try. He wants your heart. I would hate to think that my wife was trying to love me. Well, Brad, I try to love you. You're a handful. (laughs) You're awful short. You used to have a lot of cool-looking hair. Look at that old bald pate now. Well, I'll try to love you. I just know too much about you. That would be a weak marriage. I'd have to go to one of those hair grow places and get those little patches in my hair and fix myself up for her. Now, we don't want to try to love God. You can seek God, and the Lord can pour on you. where He will put a burning love in his heart. And a lot of times, most of the time, it comes from repentance. Do you know before the kingdom of God comes, can repentance comes first? Jesus and the apostles all walked around, and they said, Come on, sister. Come on. God loves you. You're God's favorite, Mallory. He loves you so much. They all said, Repent. You think they were all bony-fingered prophets that hated people? Joe, you better repent. You think they hated? The Lord wants you to repent because he wants to bless you. Yeah. Your unwillingness and your disobedience is what's getting in your way of receiving God's best. God wants you to marry a Tom Selleck and you're dating a Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Wait a minute, girls, who's a good-looking good dude now? I don't know. Who's, who's a... I don't know. You, you wouldn't know Tom Selleck, probably. I don't know. Whoever, Dina does. Dina does. That's right. Who who is it? Who is it now, Dina? I know Tom. Uh, I know Tom Selleck. You know Tom Selleck. Amen. You're you're. Oh, she knows. Tom. Okay. He's a good-looking man, right? And you're dating Pee Wee Herman. That's not you, Dina. I'm not. Not. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> Don't. What'd you say? Look and see who said that. What'd you say? <laughs> you can see the celic oh, yeah. <laughs> Woo, let the women keep silent in the churches. <laughs> Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Woo. I would preach on that, but my wife won't let me. <laughs> Amen. Where was I, Lord? Oh, the Lord wants our active love. And I want to tell you something, guys. Jesus is worth loving. He cares about you. He has your best interests in mind. He wants the best for you. He wants to make things right. The thing about Jesus is he is a jealous lover. He has got to be first. He's the creator. He's the maker. We can't have any other gods. And until that gets settled in your life, you you know, you might be in God's permissive will and be stumbling along. But until that gets settled in your life, it's all kind of, it just doesn't flow right. When God, when Jesus is Lord... And you bow, and you get down there, and you really surrender it all, and you know that you've surrendered it all, you're going to have revival, and you're going to get God's best. Do you think God is asking you for your best so he can give you crumbs? I heard a preacher preach one time, no more crumbs. There was that guy in the Bible, what was that? The Mephibosheth, that was, he got dropped. He was the son of a king. He was going to inherit a kingdom, but the kingdom was taken away from his dad, he got dropped when he was running from the armies, and he became crippled for life. He was running for his life, and because he was a son of Jonathan, Mephibosheth, David took that guy in and set him at the king's table. He said, no more crumbs. That guy, because of my covenant love for David, whose sons are you? You're sons of David. He said, that guy, because he's the son of David, is going to eat at my table. And there was no more crumbs for him. We don't serve a crummy God. The Bible says, call unto me and I will show you great things that you don't know. The Bible says that God can do exceedingly abundantly above what you ask or think. He can send you to Israel. He can send you wherever he wants to send you. Amen? He can. God wants to give you his very best. I'll be honest with you. I love worldly things, and I like stuff. I do. I like, like anybody. I like stuff. I like the presence of Jesus more than anything. It's pure liquid love. It's pure acceptance. You can look anybody in the eyeball and love them, and don't. you have a clean heart. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. He healed my body. He made me strong. He put money. I was worshiping God this week, uh, praising God out of Psalms 112. The Lord gave it to me when I was a young man about the Lord blessing you and wealth and riches will be in your house. And I was thanking the Lord for wealth and riches in my house. Spiritual riches are way more important to me. Or otherwise, I wouldn't be a pastor. Amen? Amen? I'd have kept being a manager. I was worshiping the Lord. And as I was worshiping the Lord, I got a call from somebody. And that phone call, while I was worshiping the Lord, telling him how much I loved him and that, that thanking him for blessing me, it saved me $400. As I was worshiping God, Telling him how grateful I was for blessing me. Cancel my rental car. I'm driving down in someone else's car to Florida now. <laughs> Saved me $400. Amen? Amen? While I was worshiping God. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord. I could tell you more. Pam and I couldn't pay for a meal this weekend. If We tried to. The Lord blessing us. Amen? It was wonderful. I had the best meal I ever had going out to eat Friday night, never had a better meal. It was expensive too. Those folks that took us, they paid They paid a pretty penny. I guess Pam needed a Valentine's meal and the Lord got her one. It, if you want to know where, I, I'm not going to tell you from the pulpit because we go on the internet, it was the best meal I've ever had in my life, going out to eat. The Lord just blessing, pouring one blessing on after another. God, that, God, God wants to give you His best when you're willing and obedient, and when you trust Him. What I found, Lent, and this whole thing come down with God. It's not about obeying the law. It's not about getting all your T's crossed, and God will do all that as you seek the Lord. He'll sanctify you. He'll show you how to change. What I found as you learn to love God and put your faith in Him. So I'm trying to tell you, God's not your problem. That God is not your problem. Trust me, ask King David if God was his problem. Ask Abraham if God was his problem. God will make you holy. God will make you a flaming fire. God will bless you. You don't even deserve it. Girls, you like it. You want to be good to your husband when he treats you good, when he brings you flowers, when he tells you he loves what do you. We'll take a vote. You're married in here or you're dating. You really like your guy. What do you like better when you come home and your husband's complaining because the food's cold and because, you know, the, the, he's complaining because you didn't clean the kitchen floor or, you know, you spent money you shouldn't spend and he's grousing at you? You like that better? You like him come home to kiss you, bring some flowers, tells you he loves you, and says, honey, we're going out to eat tonight. Let's take a vote. Do you have the money? <laughs> okay. I got a credit. I got a credit card. Right. The Lord's the same way. He He don't. He He wants your love. There's a covenant promise with God. It says, "Because you set your love upon me, this is what I'll do." Which brings us to our next scripture. Flip over to John 15. We're talking about. I'm introducing today a message on hearing the voice of God. The number one infallible way, which I'm going to go into now, Jeff, we'll spend some time here, is by spending time in the Word. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he takes away. And every branch that beareth fruit, John chapter 15, verse 1, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Why does he purge it? Wants to bless you more. Wants to bring forth more fruit, more praise, more love, more joy, more goodness, more kindness, more happiness more serenity, more forgiveness, more gentleness, more, more patience. How many more patience? Here it is. Here it is. It's all in Jesus. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide, dwell, live in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Get that straight. Jesus is the vine, you are attached. He that dwells in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. God doesn't need your self-effort. He doesn't need your righteousness. He don't even need your help. He needs your loving abiding. And he'll bear fruit right in your life. He'll bring it out right in your life. He'll pour it out as you lovingly abide. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered, and men gather them up and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it will be done for you. Hadn't I been preaching on that for five weeks? Key to getting prayers answered. You abide in me, and my words abide in you. You can ask what you want, and I'll do it. We're starting to live in that. We're, we're getting to a place where we're praying, Justin, and we're believing that God's hearing us. It's all works by faith. We're, we're beginning. We're believing that, Lord, I'm praying, and you're hearing me. And, Lord, I believe that you're going to do what you said. I believe you're going to answer this prayer. Anybody else getting there? Remember, that's the goal, folks. Anybody else stepping toward this? Anybody else moving toward it? Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never be, but today we're moving toward it. Folks, when you spend time in the Word and you dwell in the Word, it will change. I got 20 minutes. How'd you like that? You like that? I got 20 minutes. Praise the Lord. When you spend time in the Word, this is like step one to hearing God's voice. When you spend time in the Word and have hunger, and you allow that Word to get in you, it will be, the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, will begin to transform your thinking. I like the word consciousness, but people can misunderstand it. I'm not talking about psychology or some new age guru. Consciousness, how you think how you unconsciously think, how your, your mindset, how you live your life. The Lord, through the Word, can change how you think, and when He changes how you think, He'll change how you live. Yeah. Someone says something about you. When you're in the Word, your old mindset is to snap back, say something about them, go around the corner, gossip about them, attack. That's the old mindset. When you get the Word in you, your consciousness changes you get a jesus consciousness you get a word consciousness a mindset you know when someone says something about you if you love them and bless them you know a blessing's coming right back to you you know and i could tell you this you know when the lord taps you to give to somebody you know god is going to repay you there's no doubt about it it's happened so many times that for me and pam make your head spin you know if you give you know god's going to give to you you're not worried about giving anymore You become generous in sharing with people and giving to the Lord and helping people, feeding kids in Haiti because God puts a generous spirit in you. You're not afraid because you know the whole key to the kingdom finances is give and it shall be given to you. You're not trying. You're not afraid. You're not greedy. You're not suspicious. Your mindset has changed. You are now a generous person. Not because the pastor's tweaking it out of you or trying to raise an offering, but your very nature, your consciousness has become one of giving and forgiving. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We can get so full of God that they can't even stop you from sharing Jesus with somebody. Amen? The Lord wants to change your, your mindset, your consciousness. He wants you to be a kingdom thinker. He wants you to see things. How Jesus sees them, you get sick in your body. We're we're in this church. We are at all different places with this. The first thing many people do is they get sick and they start saying how sick they are. And I'm not putting you down for it. That's just your consciousness. That's where that's your mindset. And you run to the the medicine chamber to pull some medicine out of there to see if you can help yourself. I don't even have a medicine chamber. They've got got a a bottle of ibuprofen somewhere. I don't even know where it's at. I get a headache, I pray, first thing, like that, mumps my mindset. I get a limp in my leg, I pray, just like that. I'm running, my heel hurts, I pray, I speak to it, just like that. I want to have a healing mindset. Yeah. God wants to heal you. He says in the Word, He did. says He wants to and says He did. Yeah. Amen? Right. I want to get a mindset where I believe it. It's not that if that's where your mindset is, I tell people all the time, do you think I need to go to the doctor? Yeah, if you think you need to go, go. There's nothing wrong with going to the doctor, but the Lord wants to change our mindset that we can live if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you want and it'll be done for you. Do you believe it? Folks, it takes time meditating. Flip over to Psalms chapter one. I got three or four more scriptures and I'll tie it off today because I want to preach some more out of it and teach some more out of it. Are you with me? Right. That word in Psalms 112 that I was, I was praising and uh praying to God this week. It says, blessed is the man that fears God. It doesn't say cursed is the man. We got this thing backwards. Blessed is the man that fears God. You guys still with me? Sometimes I think I'm getting on a little or I'm just turning, just cranking that. You guys still with me? Someone shake your head. You guys with me? God wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. But who do you think's mindset needs to change, yours or God's? Your, thank you, Patty. Thank you. Thank you, Patty. Yours does. Yours does. I'm not going to force you to go further than you want to go, but I'm telling you, you can go as far as God as you want to go. There was a man that went so far with God, one day God took him Enoch. said, Enoch walked with God, and then he wasn't because God took him. He's a man of faith, said he walked so close to God, God said, you're closer to this side, just come on, I'm just going to take you. Paul was caught up into heaven. You can be as close to God as you want to be. I want to get closer, how about you? Blessed is the woman that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. We don't wear I love abortion pins on our shirts. But her delight is in the law of the Lord. We don't care what the world do. We ain't doing what the world do. I'm not doing what the world says I should do. I don't care. I love everybody. I love people. I love everybody. I love people. I'm not doing what the world tells me to do. And if I think a shot is unsafe, I'm not going to take it. If you you did, that's okay. If you did, there's no condemnation. That's your conscience. That's your heart. You can do what you want. But I'm not doing what the world tells me to do. I'm just not. Don't pressure me to do it. I don't want to do it. I'm not going to believe the way the world tells me to believe. When the Bible tells me something is a sin, I am going to run from it, as in terror. I don't care how many superstars tell me it's okay. I don't care how many people live together before they get married. I don't care how many what, what people do. I know what the Bible says. I have great mercy on anybody that's in those situations. Our world is confusing. People come out of a lot of stuff. God's very merciful. He will take you from point A to point B to point C. He loves you. He's going to get you there. But we don't have to do things the way the world does because there's no blessing in it. Sin is always death. It's true. And if a pastor gets up and tells you otherwise, he's killing you. Mm-hmm. He's killing you because he's going to permit you to do what you shouldn't do. God wants to bless you, and he's going to bless you. Amen? Yeah. Someone told me the other day, these are the things I did. I, we, we, listing, I said, we know they're wrong. All, everything that they mentioned was wrong. So I'm not judging you for that. It's not for me to judge you. We both know they're wrong. Amen? Yeah. That's abiding in, in the Word. We're very patient with people in their process is what I'm saying, but I'm hard on myself. What do you mean? I want all God has for me. I don't want things in my way with me and the Lord. But her delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law doth He meditate day and night, and He shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water that brings forth what? Fruit in His season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he, whatever she does, what? Prosper. 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 Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health. That's Charlie's verse. Amen. Third John two. Third John two, verse two. Third John verse two. Flip over to Jeremiah. I'm slowing down. Are you guys getting anything out of this? Amen. I, need you to, I need you to get in the word. I need you, when you read the Bible, to pray over it. It needs to get into your heart. Jeremiah 15. I'm sorry I didn't have a sheet this week. Verse 16. I'll read verse 15 too. Oh, Lord, you know me. Remember me and visit me. Revenge me on my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Thy word was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Flip over to Ezekiel chapter 3. Number one way to hear from God is get in his word. Put it down in your heart. Ask the Lord to transform you, to change the way you live, change the way you think, change the way you approach things. Ask the Lord to give you a kingdom mindset. Change how you approach trials and suffering. Think different about when you're attacked Think different about your trials. When you get trials, you should be the happiest person in the world because God's about ready to bless you. Well, how do you know that? Because every trial in the Bible came out with a blessing. I'm going to read James about Job again today. I'm gonna just, just going to do it. Every trial in your life can be a blessing. I'm not saying God did it to you, but you, who's ever had a trial? You don't, need, you, don't, you don't need God to put them on you. Life will put them on you. The devil will put them on you. Every trial comes when you change your mindset about your trials and tribulations. I was going to go there today. I, I do not have time. Ezekiel 3, 1 through 3. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, eat what you find, eat this roll and go speak to the house of Israel. And he said... Son of man, cause thy belly to eat and fill thy bowels with this roll that I give you. Then I did eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. Now, he became bitter. He had a bitter word too. These scriptures about, I ate your words, I meditated on your words, God gave Ezekiel these words, they took the word of God, where did they take it down into Huh? Into their spirit, right? Your belly. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. They took the word of God down into their heart. They took it down into their spirit. They ate it. They digested it, and they let it become a part of them. Jesus said, Is Jesus the Word? He's the vine. We're the branches. We are to become one with the Word. One with the Word. Where we're, we're engrafted in the Word, we become like the Word. But it's not a dead Word, it's a living Word. It's a Word that's alive. So when you spend time in the Word, that Word will begin to change you supernaturally. And I say this, and this is kind of step two with it, when you spend time in the Word and take it in, be prayerful. Go into that Word and say, Lord, change me. God knows you can't change yourself. Transformation comes by looking into the mirror of God's spirit and in the mirror of God's word. You got an anger problem, you got a patience problem, you get in that word and look at it and let that word transform you. I am beginning to believe, I'm 63 years old, I am beginning to believe that the Lord really does love me. I'm 63. I'm really beginning to believe that I don't have to work for it. I don't have to do anything to get God to love me. I'm beginning to believe it, and it's, it's beginning to change my life, to know I can go to, into God's presence at any time and He hears me. Of course, I, He's my Father. I got to obey Him. You ever been whipped? You ever been whipped? Get, get a whipping? Well, you need one. <laughs> I'll be your dad, I'll give you one if you want one. I've had a few paddlings, anybody else? Yeah. Sometimes, you know, your father's got to take you to the woodshed and, you know, let you know who's, who's the father, right? In love, Mike. You do it in love. That's on the house, kid. <laughs> <laughs> is that you? Maybe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's, okay. That was the <laughs> okay, yeah. It was, the, it was the third elder. Okay, Ken. <laughs> Larry. Who was the other one? Ken and Jeff. Three elders, Charlie. You and I, we're the only ones, Pam, hide, hide my phone. Oh, I wanted to read that. I know I was talking about the Lord disciplining you. The Lord loves you. And he wants to put that word in your heart and, and just through his word and his spirit bring these changes by transformation, by looking at Jesus. And it really isn't self-effort when you fall in love with the Lord. I'll go back to my original point. Then I want to read something to Edwina. Uh, sent to Pam about the benefits of being in the Word, then I'll close. Okay. As I was saying in the beginning, when we fall in love with Jesus and see Him as He really is, it's a labor of love. Our problems are always, really honestly, is because we haven't learned to really love the Lord because we really haven't seen him if we have a problem you may how may love the lord you know whether well, you're good right but when you love the lord it becomes a labor of love like i said in the beginning it's no problem for me to be nice to my wife it really isn't it's cuz i love her i care about her i care about her more than i care about any other human being and it's not hard for me to want to be with my wife spend time with her be good to her cuz i love her when we realize god loves us and we can love him in that same way obedience everything we do comes out it'll change your life god's not calling you to some moral uh stricture to be strict he's calling you to love jesus and everything in your life will change when you love jesus can we end with this edwin has sent this to her, her girls her peeps uh the benefits of reading the word Four times in a week. These are the benefits. This is what the world knows about it. I'm telling you, that stuff will get in your spirit and it'll change you. You'll pray and you'll have someone beside you praying on the inside and you'll stand up and someone beside you will be praying. There'll be a greater one rise up in you and start praying for you. Read the word four times or more a week, feeling lonely. Feeling lonely drops 30% of people. Feeling lonely drops 30%. If you have anger issues, says that 32% of all anger problems drop when you spend four times a week in the word. Anybody angry out there? Don't raise your hand. I won't look at you. Are you bitter in relationships? There's a 40% drop in bitterness when you spend four times a week in the word. One time it said doesn't work. Two times doesn't work. Maybe three a little bit, four times in the word. Are you an alcoholic? Are you addicted to something? Get this. Drops 57% if you spend four times a week in the Word. There could be a good start right there. Sex outside of marriage. Woo! Um, praise the Lord. Drops 66%. And they say the Word's not strong. That's pretty strong, isn't it? No, 68 percent, that's a pretty strong drive. Feeling spiritually stagnant, that's why come up and say, I'm feeling stagnant, you know, kind of telling on yourself. Drop 60 percent when you spend four times a week in the Word. Viewing pornography, man, I'm going to leave the girls alone, man, viewing pornography, drop 61 percent when you spend four times a week in the Word get this, sharing your faith <laughs> jumps 200%. Come on, isn't that true? Who knows that's true? Who's ever not spent time in the Word and you just were as quiet as a church mouse? Why are church mouse quiet anyway? <coughs> Other questions I have for the Lord when I get to heaven. Who's ever spent four times in the Word and boom, you're just like, you're ready. You gotta, I'm the only one. Amen. Bo? Okay, good. Me and Bo. All right. Discipling others, Jeff, is your passion, jumps 230% when you spend time in the Word four times a week. Thank you, Edwina. I am challenging you today to spend time in the Word and to abide in it and let it change you. If you don't have an appetite for it, you really should pray and ask God to change you because if you're a Christian, you should have an appetite for it. How many of you... When you were little, um, you could eat like one little junior cheeseburger? Anybody? Maybe you were like ten years old, you could eat one junior Anybody? Anyone's gonna raise their hand? One just Mike, and how many of you now can eat a double cheese whopper? Yes. Maybe two? I ate when I was <laughs> little, I didn't raise my hand. You ate the double cheese whopper when you were little. Okay, good Mike. Good, got like an honest man. Amen. <laughs> hey, So my point being, whatever you eat, you create an appetite for it. How many ever started drinking coffee and you didn't like it that much the first time? How many of you now, if you go up in the morning, you couldn't live without a cup of coffee? Come on. Get to the altar right now. See What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. She's got to take her coffee with her. She can't. I surrender all. all. We're going to do that one day soon. What you create an appetite for, guys, my shoe addiction didn't just start out of nowhere. <laughs> I watch about, I'm, I'm down to probably what, four or five shoe videos a week. I was watching about 50 shoe videos a week. <laughs> I was, God forgive me. When you watch 50 shoe videos a week, you're praying in your prayer closet for new shoes. Lord, those sock- <laughs> and the Endorphin Pro 3s are sweet. How about it? It's true. It's true. Some of you, the the ladies don't laugh because some of you, you look at those Home and Garden and uh, Magnolia Channel and uh, what all the other ones, Pam, the Home Depot Channel, whatever they got, and you're always buying stuff for the house. Any husbands got wives like that? I'm the only one. There's a, they got secrets back in this back end. I'm ending. Whatever you focus on, you become. That's my point. Whatever you focus on, you become. You got to refocus. Got to refocus. Say, man, I don't care. You can do home Magnolia Channel. What? That's fine. Just put the Lord first in it. I'm going to pray for you, and I'm going to pray this and release. But if you need delivered, because I got that spirit on me, I'm not going to take any more of your time. But if you need delivered from anything, the Holy Ghost is on me to pray a prayer of faith over you. You're addicted to something. Not coffee. (laughs) I'm talking about coffee. If you have an addiction in your life and you need set free from it, you got something, depression, oppression, depression, suppression, repression, I want you to come up to the altar. We'll release, and I want to lay hands. I want to pray for you. I want you to be free today. And if you're full of faith, you can come up here and agree with me as I pray for them. Some people need to be set free. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray and release you. My next message, I'll probably come back to this part two, Growing in the Lord part two. We'll just go where the Lord takes us. Father, I pray for your people that we get a hunger for the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And we're going there, Lord. We're going there. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. Give us a deep hunger for it. Lord, you do what you say. You say what you mean, and you do what you say. You can be trusted. And I'm praying for this congregation that we get a hold of the word and be rooted and grounded in it. Because when the spirit comes through here, Lord, like he's going to in powerful ways, we got to be rooted and grounded in the word. Don't let anyone leave here. God bound by something today in Jesus name. Folks, you are dismissed. If you need prayer, come up forward and I want to pray for you.